0: hallelujah let's say one more word about uh, believing for healing um, when we when we make the declaration and we ask God to move he's already ignited that process and sometimes when that word goes forth it it there's a, an immediate, there's an immediate manifestation, but other times it's a progressive thing. and um, you you really can't predict, you know it's just like when Jesus declared over the lepers as they went, we don't know how far it was that they went, you know, and uh, there was a um, study that was done about the book of Acts in the book of Acts that, that how many how many of the words that came out over, People who were healed within the hour, or within a certain measure of time, and um, so for those that that we believed uh, and declared over in the past couple of weeks for healing, that work is in process, and so don't um, don't doubt, and um, because God knows and God's heard and God's moving and. That's why patience is so important as the first sign of the apostolic. Okay. Um, Today, we are going to speak about watchmen. And I began to feel this this directive yesterday morning during the, the prayer time here. Uh, and I, I, um, I thought, well, Lord, we've we've already taught, and written about the Watchman, and we've proclaimed things, and we we we. I don't argue with God, but I I thought, why are you why are you speaking this to me? Um, do you want us to act upon things that we've already put in motion? You know, why why am I hearing this? Because it came in a different way than than the normal way that he speaks to me here in the house and I tucked it away and it just kept it just kept speaking to me and so I um, I went back to my office and sat in there here for about an hour looking over different um, different materials um, linguistic studies and um, the spirit began to speak to me about a, a deeper measure of understanding about what the watchman in the scripture really is. And it just kind of um, it kind of enveloped and and expanded in a way that was um, that I knew was was a, a revelatory moment. And so I think that as we share this uh, it's it's going to be for our understanding of the Scripture, which is the most important thing. But it's it's really going to be a a releasing of how God is wanting to take us into a a deeper measure of service to Him and a a more expansive measure in the fields of grace that He is opening up for this new year. And already, as I I was praying here, I felt that the Lord said, um, uh, he started to speak to me about ways this needs to be put in motion for South America and ways that, in a different way, it needs to be put in motion for Western Europe. And in a different way, it it really needs to be manifested through our network here in the United States and North, North America. So I, I just asked the Father for spirit of truth to open our hearts and receive and I ask that however I'm supposed to declare this from a from an apostolic teaching perspective that it would that that it would not return void because this is this is really something that I believe is from the heart of the Lord and it's uh, it is a step further in him uh, regarding what he really has been doing with the watchman. Now in the past I remember many many years ago we established what was what we called a watchman's network here a watchman's outpost for our churches here in the US and it it served its purpose and you know how often how often God says in his word if you're faithful in the small things he makes you ruler over many and you see that over and over again in the scripture the parable of the talents you know somebody who applies what God has given, then God will give them more. And I think that uh, we'll always be enjoying that throughout eternity, even when we get to heaven, that that is a principle of God's spirit. That's a principle of sonship. And God is always going to reward those who are faithful and obedient. If If you hear and you obey, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, and that that is a it, it's the principle of being hungry and full. It's the principle of the plowman and the reaper. It's the principle, over and over again, in so many scriptures. So. I'm not saying, oh yeah, now, you know, what we did was wrong, um, and now we're going into something new. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that our willingness to obey and to take those steps over the years, God has used, but now He's, He's going to be uh, applying a greater measure of efficacy and, and utilization for the days to come. So, um, <clears throat> there are two, there are two major terms um, that are used for uh, the watchman in the scripture, in the Old Testament. Uh, the one that we're not talking about today is one that is like in that scripture watchman, what of the night? We all know that scripture. And that term is different than Sapa, it, it means more to manage. To, to just watch over what what is there and to keep things secure and safe, and that's a good word. It's a wonderful word, but that's not the main word in Scripture. Now, some people will probably think, "Well, what about the watchers that Daniel speaks about?" Though that means that term means the uh, the heightened utilization of the eye, and it's only used twice there in the book of Daniel. So that's really not. A main term or an associative term for watchman, but the main, the major usage where God uses the watchman in the Old Testament is this word sappah. and it means to watch, to be intent upon, to fully, to, to be fully aware of a situation or uh, or or a command in order to gain the advantage or a perfect defense, to be cunning. So it, it really speaks about being not just somebody who sees, but somebody who has an accountability, somebody who has a, a measure of divested authority to, to actually deduce and then deduce something. And this term in its derivations, um, you think about uh, just commonly in the Old Testament, watchmen were known to be on the walls of cities, or on the walls of uh, um, a leader's outpost to, to be able to sound an alarm if there was some, some necessity or some evil that was coming. And it really reminds me of what the church or the ecclesia is supposed to be. The ecclesia in, in, in Greece was the governing body. And if there was an issue or a pending army making their approach toward Greece, there would be a sending out to call in those who who should make a governmental decision. And that's what the ecclesia is. Uh, it's just a historical fact. You know, when I was growing up, the, the, the most we said was that we were called out ones. But to me, that meant we were called out from the world. You know, and one day we would be called up into heaven. And we don't smoke, and we don't chew, and we don't run with those who do. You know, that was our opinion. And of course, the jury's out on that. But the the other, I'm just joking. But the main thing was this was a govern. It's a governmental term, um, where where God wants to use you as someone who will deduce the kingdom, and that really aligns itself for the watchmen that were on the wall. There were also watchmen who would guard over the harvest field. You know, one of the tactics of the Midianites, which we know from the scripture, was to let the harvest grow and then to attack when the harvest was ready. Uh, The Amalekites didn't necessarily do that. The Amalekites would attack those who had harvested. And um, so the enemy tries to do both of those things, to steal and kill and destroy. But those were two common understandings of what the watchman is. Now, where we go from there? are the other things that the Spirit is trying to highlight for us today. Did you know that um, this term that is translated as watchman was used to describe the the covering of gold on the Ark of the Covenant? And it would speak about the covering of uh, of some kind of an an anointing or gold or some precious jewels, and that would be on the top of those things. And that indicated something. It indicated quality. It indicated, um, a, uh, a showing forth of the favor and the power of God. And so, um, I think that we need to understand that that very same term that is used to be a watchman on the wall spoke about something that ministered to the heart of God and led the people forward into battle. Um, it it would portray the extent of, of dominion. It was also used to describe the, the ornate dressings at the top of the pillars of the temple or a pillar of a palace and we know that the scripture says in the New Testament that we are called to be pillars in the temple of our God. And that term is stylos, stilos, where you welcome that hollowed out drawing, you welcome the kingdom to earth. That's what pillar in the New Testament means. But the ornate, the, the ornation, if that's a word, at the top of the pillar was this same word for watchman? Yes, it was somebody that was at the top of a wall. But here, it was either the top of the the Ark of the Covenant, the top of of the the um, in the furnishings in the Tabernacle or Temple, but also at the top of the pillar. That's significant too because that speaks of 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 really uh, something that's endearing to God and something that's a precious. Um, a, a precious appeal to his heart, something that he divests as a token of honor, but not just as a token, but as, of an empowerment, like our faith being as precious gold refined. Um, this this term was also used of to describe a a carpet or um, an extent of you know when you when you uh, lengthen the core cords and strengthen the stakes. Uh, what was inside that as a carpet or a tapestry that the people would rest upon, this was called uh, by this term for watchmen, and it indicated this is where we abide. This is where we have been given this ground and we are we are watching over the blessing that God has given. We're watching over with him in the authority he is given, the expanse that God has given. It's that same term. It's the same term as watchman. I think this is very interesting, too, because this same term uh, was used to describe um, the flow of blood that uh, came from a warrior who was engaged in battle, or um a flow coming out from the top of something it was used to describe honey from the the top of the honeycomb as it as it poured out it was a sign of of uh, commitment it was designed of giving your very best as a first fruits but it was designed to describe the the favor of the Lord which is why the land of milk and honey honey there was uh, not just sugar and carbs it was. It was really a sign of dominion and the blessing of God, and uh, I, I think that that is very interesting. Now, you know that I like to play games with etymological terms, root words, and a lot of times people who are eggheads they don't they get they'll argue about this kind of thing and they'll clash. But to me, if you have sapa, which the, the flowing out of honey or the flowing out of blood from the warrior, if that is sup, s u p, I I think that you might be able to say that sup and sop might come from that. To me, I would think that. Maybe you don't, but I do. And so what is the bitter sop? What is that I will come in and sup with you? I think that part of Holy Communion, that part of the Passover was, yes, necessarily talking about bitterness and getting that out of us. but it was a high, it is a high level dimension of the Spirit of God speaking to you and imparting to you about when you're in the thick of battle, when you are moving forward on behalf of the word and the blood in that field of grace, you need to have something touch you, from the Spirit of the Lord, so that you will be more greatly enhanced to function as a watchman, to function as somebody that is, as, is, has been um, touched by God, to represent him in the highest order. To me, I think that fits perfectly. And then, of course, um, we want to be this, this type of, of cunning warrior uh, when we're in battle. Or when we need a strategic maneuver from the Spirit against the enemy. So the term from watchman for watchman in the Old Testament does not just mean, even though it, we're not taking anything away, the elemental understanding is to be somebody on the wall watching over the city, watching over the nation so that they can alert and call forth the army or call forth those that should move in authority on behalf of whatever's coming, and also over the harvest. But all these other capacities are scriptural usages, and they speak for something that I believe that the Lord is releasing. We, He has used you in this way, but he's releasing to it a greater degree now. So let's look at you can do this study for yourself. I've laid this out. You all have Bible programs. You can look at this. It's very easy to do. But I picked a couple of these terms, a couple of these verses that I believe the Spirit wanted us to look at today. Now, the first, um, the first usage of this term that is translated as watchman. Was used in Genesis thirty-one verses forty-eight and forty-nine, and we know the law of first issuance. We know how important that is when it's first said. And this is when Laban was chasing after Jacob and his entourage, and he catches up with Jacob, and they're about to cross, cross uh, heads. You know, Laban doesn't want cheap labor leaving. He doesn't want his daughters leaving. And he wants Jacob to come back. And Jacob says, not so. You know that story. So they finally come to a negotiated uh, peace, as it were, or at least an agreement. And Laban says to Jacob, um, there's this pillar there that they made, and they anoint the top of it, which is watchman terminology. This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Uh, therefore was the name of it called Galid, which is Gilead, and Mizpah, which is a derivation of the watchtower. For he said, the Lord watch, and there it is, the Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. Now sometimes you see this this verse uh, mentioned when kids go away to college or, you know, when you say goodbye to somebody, you're not going to see them for a while, or I even heard it used um, at funerals, which is kind of a weird thing. But you, you look here really what happened. I mean, this was not some endearing thing, you know, I'll see you in September. It's not that kind of, it used to be in our hymnal. Um, it, it's not, uh, they sang it a lot at Evangel, but um, but it, it really is saying what Jehovah is doing, the plan of God for me is different from the plan of God for you, and we're, we're separating here, you know? And let the Lord apply what I'm supposed to be as a watchman, and Laban, however he wants to use you, I bless you, but there's a gap now. Don't you cross over it. <laughs> Don't you come back over here and try to get, get in the middle of the, me as a, as a patriarch, Laban, and uh, it's very interesting that that first usage speaks about your identity what you are as a covenant individual and it speaks to you about being willing to separate from even really comfortable uh domestic connections or things that we uh may uh, uh may have become familiar with and say, you know, I've got to be representing God as a watchman and let God's plan watch over this. I think that's very interesting. It's a, it's a point of launching out an obedience and making each person be what God has called them to be. I just think that's interesting. Uh, but that's the first usage. Um, now, one verse that we all know, is Proverbs 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord, ayin, of Yahweh, are in every place beholding the evil and the good, uh, beholding the raw and the tobe. Here, it's this is the term for watchman. So God himself is a watchman of what's going on in his tobe purpose, and God is a watchman for what's going on in the twisted uh, dimensions of what goes on in the spirit realm and on earth. And I think that's very interesting. We don't often think or associate God as being the head of all the watchman corps, even though why wouldn't he be? But here is what the scripture says. They're in every place. God wants to direct his watchman. God is with you and he's observant of what should be and what shouldn't be. And that measure of authority that he gives to his watchman, that cunning directive, that strategic directive, that promotion is something that he's directing because he is the eternal watchman. I think that's very interesting. We're not just serving God as watchman. He is the watchman. And that, that is a phenomenal thing. You know, before we go into, to Balaam there, um, I just want to segue. After I did this study, I I don't normally do this kind of thing, but I thought I'm just going to type in "Watchman" into a search engine, and I'm going to see what's out there. And I don't normally do that because I just want to give you what God gives to us. And um, I I recognize that in a lot of the prophetic camps in 2019, they were declaring the beginning of the Watchman, an era of the Watchman, but Again, everything they said was more about either being on the wall or watching over Harvest. And But then the odd thing is that there were even some updates that said it really perplexed these folks because in 2019, they said it's the area of the Watchman, And then 2000, late 2019 into two twenty came and COVID was hitting and none of them saw it. None of them saw it. And then when the election rolled around, a lot of them also didn't see the the outcome that the election would be. And so they were trying to process what that was. And I'm not speaking for them, but I'm thinking that God sometimes causes things to happen, and we, we must be quick to hear and slow to speak. We've all learned a lot of things over this past year, as God has been retrofitting us, and God has been pouring out his blessing and guiding us through the internet and through the capacities that he's given to reach out into the nations through that way. Um, we've seen a lot of things that we did not see that were in our country and in the world, and and I think that the Lord was saying that we, we, we should watch and learn from, it's not always foretelling, It's not always foretelling. Meditation, which is David was real big on that, is something that we have to learn to do and listen to the still small voice of the Spirit and listen to the whisper of God before He does a thing. Before God does a thing, it's not always a shofar and a trumpet blast, He's whispering. To those that will hear that still small voice with Elijah. Come, wrap your mantle around your head, stand at the doorway, and listen for the still small voice. People want the thunderclap, the rocks breaking, the lightning striking, but where God is really speaking to his watchmen sometimes is much more subtle. And we're going to see here in a few in, in in a couple of verses. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the same word is used to describe murmuring. As is used to describe meditation. And we need to be meditating before the Lord, speaking softly, hearing him, listening to him. And if you don't develop that, you can go into murmuring really quickly. Amen or ouch? And you know, uh, it's the same term. The people of God were destroyed in the wilderness, God says, because of murmuring, when they should have been meditating. And listening to what God is saying. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for what God is, is doing. And I do believe that there is a heightened measure of hearing and authority and strategic perception that God is releasing now. But I think we've had to go through this past number of months to receive that. And does that make sense? And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So now the next thing we're going to talk about has to do with the demonic realm and how the enemy applies watchmen. And this, this is something that has been just a fascinating thing to look at. Uh, many hours I spent yesterday looking at it, and, and there's still more that I want to meditate on. But Balaam, in Numbers 23, verses 14 through 16, it says that he he brought they, they brought him into the field of Zophim. Now, Zophim is the place of Sapa. That, that's what it means. You can look it up. Even in Strong's, it says that. And to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars, and offered a bullock and a ram on every altar. And he said unto Balak, Stand here by thy burnt offering while I meet the Lord yonder must have been from West Virginia. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go again unto Balak and say this. Now, there are touch points around the world that are, are really open places in the spirit realm. You know, Satan showed these to Jesus in the, in the wilderness when he took him to a high mountain, and we'll talk about this in a minute, and showed him all the deposits of the glory, the glory in the nations, and said, I will give all of these to you if you will lay on your face before me. You remember that, don't you? And, you know, you, when you travel and you go into many different lands, you recognize different dimensions of what God has put in those places. You just sense them in the Spirit. And you see the way God moves. It's the same God. It's the same principles of His Word, but there are different characteristics. And one of the things that we see is that here with Balaam, they just didn't go to any place. They went to a place that was known as a watchman place. In fact, the field itself was called this. And there is a, um, if, if you, if you look at it, um, and this was an extension of a practice in what demonic prophets did in the Old Testament. There was a mountain on the border of, of uh, Syria and Turkey that was called, in, in, in the Greek, it's Cassius, but in the Aramaic languages, it was, it was Mount Saphon. I wrote it here for you. And it's, it's the place where Sapa is. But this mountain, you see pictures of it. It's just a bald brick of a, of a mountain. And all the people in that area, all the people in that whole region associated that as being a throne place of Baal. In fact, they called it Baal Sapa, Baal Saphon. And they re- they thought Baal just means Lord in the Aramaic languages. And they believed, these people believed, and all of the, all of the shamans of those, uh, of those various entities believed that the enemy would gather false spirits to this place, and they would, they would gain measures of counsel on behalf of what Baal wanted, Beelzebub wanted. And, um, I think that is it's very interesting because this this name, which is directly Sapa, which is Watchman, um, obviously Balaam honored that and went to a place that was a touchpoint of the spirit. But they all recognized the enemy as operating from a place known by this, and this term was also used to describe North north, the direction in the, in the Old Testament, and it's interesting that the Bible speaks that promotion comes from the north, and it really would indicate that if you're going to gain promotion, you're going to have to overcome. If you're going to gain promotion from God, you're going to have to take a stand with him and see the enemy defeated if you want to gain promotion. If you want to be an overcomer, if you want an overcomer's crown, you've got to overcome something. And so this word is just woven into the 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 ideology of the people that lived in the Old Testament era, and you know you see all the you see all the emphasis in the Old Testament. Every king was judged by what they did in the high places. In fact, um, the Most High God, as we've studied El Elyon was the God of the high places. And God wants his people to be the watchman. He does not want the enemy who also tried to emulate this to be the watchman. In fact, I don't want to bore you with linguistic spin up here, etymological spin, but you remember in Isaiah 14 when Satan said, I will ascend into the heavens and i will i will take my place among the clouds and those seven i wills or, the, or the, those i wills of satan there there are other derivations of them more than just what you read in english but it was operating off this same principle he recognized the power of being a watchman he wanted to be the watchman and in fact when he took jesus to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms that had great significance it was a it was an extension of this watchman principle, which God is the ultimate watchman. Does this make sense? And so you see this thread everywhere, and I believe that one of the reasons God is uh, is releasing this heightened measure of understanding to us is that as we are as we're about to be je- thrust back into the nations where we have responsibility, but also into new places coming into this new year. We're going to be going head to head, as the Apostle Paul did with Elamus the sorcerer, as Moses did with Jonas and Jamres in in Pharaoh's court, as uh, as Philip did with uh, Simon the sorcerer, and you know, do do you enter, do you want that? Well, I don't really particularly fancy that, but I know that it's necessary if you're going to be uh, if you're going to be bringing and establishing outposts of the kingdom in among indigenous people in nations and so um, I, I just think it's very interesting that not only do we see from the godly standpoint which is the main standpoint it's the most important it's the eternal one this principle of watchmen the enemy also has uh, throughout the, the study of the scripture has utilized these same principles, I mean, if you think about it, I had never seen this before, and I saw this indicated in two really amazing articles, and you have to weed through it because their assessment is not what we're saying, you know? Uh, It's kind of like reading a medical journal and then trying to bring that information to bear upon the person that you have under your care as a doctor. Now, they're not saying the things that I'm saying. They just think this is from a historical perspective. But one of the one of the individuals who who wrote uh, said that the entire structure of the uh, the, the the demons that were worshipped they call them the gods of the land was connected to this place that is Baal Baal-Saphon. and and it's it's so interesting that. Um, that the enemy tried to emulate this. In fact, he, he, he was even spoke in Isaiah 14, and he did the same thing or tried to assert the same thing before Jesus. And Jesus did not buy into it because he said, he didn't say this. He only said, you only lay on your face proscuneo before God. You don't bow before other gods. But the, the object on the table was all these outposts. I mean, tell me if it's not that. I mean, it was. And um, for us, we pray, and we're on our face before God. And God says, you go into places that I direct you to go, and you teach people to take a stand there and to do the same thing. And, to, and the gates of hell will not resist and stand against the church. This is how I'm going to build and utilize my ecclesia. And those gates, those outposts, they will not prevail. So this is what we are going to be doing. We have been doing it, but it's going to be stepped up in the days ahead. You know, the Bible says in the end time, the enemy's going to recognize his time is short, and he's going to come. Perilous times will be there, and he will come as a ravenous one. I I don't doubt that we're beginning to see hear his growl now. We're beginning to see things we never thought we would see, uh, in in the world. We we're beginning to see things that we never thought we'd see. Well. We read the scripture, but we all thought we were going to be raptured out before you saw anything. But we see the, the elements of how the mark of the beast can move. We've seen how people can be just shut down if, and t- no work, no money, no, no hospital treatment if you don't do this thing. Haven't we seen that or am I just imagining that? And it's, it's the enemy testing the ground to see what he's going to be able to do. So I, I see how Things are really ratcheted up, and I'm very grateful that God is giving us. Now, so let's look at, uh, page two, which is just on the other side there. Um, here is a, here is a really great primer for how we function as a watchman. And it's, uh, it's from Habakkuk two, verse one. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. Now here you have specifics as to how we function in this. The first is, I will stand. Ahmad, this is your assignment. This is, you know, when you've done all to stand, stand. That's a New Testament dimension, but this is the Old Testament type of that. I will stand. And every one of you is, is been given authority and specific assignment and, and it's something that we have to stand in the gap. God searches for those who will stand in the gap and make up the hedge. So I will stand. Secondly, upon my watch. This is misberate. This is a, a, a different derivation, but it speaks about a tower. It speaks about, um, and, and uh, I don't want to go too far with this, but this is what the enemy utilized here. This is what he utilized in Isaiah 14. But look what that word means. If you're going to be in this type of a tower, it means that you're seasoned, that you are a residue, that you are a remnant. This term was also used to describe about things that were medicinally boiled down to their essence, and then at the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the kettle, you find the, the real potent part that you could use for medicine. And so if if you're going to stand on behalf of the Lord in this kind of tower, you're not just some private that's there walking your your post because you got the midnight shift because you didn't make your caught up right. Um, this is somebody that is standing there as uh, that has real authority and savvy. So this is what Habakkuk the seer says. And will set that type of uh, calling will set me upon the tower. This is a mound or an observation point from which a declaration will be made. So obviously, the watch for us is when we're spending time with God on behalf of what He's called us to be. And there, God speaks things to us as sons. There, God speaks to us as things that are that are really intricate and meaningful, where God imparts understandings to us. And then there there was then a place for proclamation. And I think we need to see the difference between these two. Because so often with with Christians, and one of the ways that one of the ways that we are called as Nemonicos people is to know the difference between when God is speaking and letting that resonate and letting that come into us and take its place and to develop the word you need to let a little time come so that it develops before you start proclaiming. There's a lot of times where I am in prayer and God's caught me up into the heavens and I'm hearing and seeing things and man, I think I got it all figured out. Boy, don't you know, doesn't it feel wonderful in that place? And you just think, "Whoo! this is great. And then after a little while, The Spirit keeps teaching you things from the Scripture, and you you gain the essence of what God has imparted to you, but the process of how it's going to be released, he's saying, all right, little by little, okay, now you just wait, wait, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and now, now make the... It's like David. You know, remember the, the stirring in the mulberry trees? The enemy was coming up into the valley. Israel had already whacked them once in that same valley, not many days before. And here comes the enemy again. And God says, don't do it the same way. You want to. You got experience there. You go over here to the side and you wait until you hear the stirring. You wait, and that's part of apostolic patience. It's not always, all right, there they go. That's the way you go into an ambush a lot of times. You know, Israel did that when they came out of Jericho, didn't they? They said, AI, oh man, we can we can knock them. Now, I know Achan was there too. But they just went full force and they got whooped. And what did God say? All right, now I want you to go back there. Only this time, I want you to do it this way. You draw them out and you, I'm going to set ambushments. See, we've got to be really tactical. That's not fearful. We've got to be tactical and wait upon the Lord. And then go when he says go as a goodly horse in battle. So here you have this seasoned person who has been assigned, who was there in the tower, and then they come down onto what the Bible, the King James speaks about, well, the the mismeret, the watch, uh, but then into this tower, which is a mound of the observation point, and there then they begin to discern, sapa, there's, there's our term to see what he will say and what I will answer when I'm reproved. What's that mean? Well, answer there is shub. That's the Old Testament t- type of metanoia, to repent. It's to do the 180. What I will answer, how things are going in this direction, they need to go in this direction, and the reprove there isn't you getting whacked by God. It's you receiving your legal statement, your argument, your decree, those specific things that are being told for you to do and to say and to decree. So you've got these dimensions here. Just boil them all together. God has assigned you. You're being seasoned. You are being given a place to make a declaration, but you are going to Hear what the watchman is supposed to say. How the tobe is supposed to be established where there may be raw. And you need to make exactly the declaration that God is saying. You need to do exactly what God says to do. So here we have in the middle of this, this watchman is right in the middle. And I think God is going to to show us more how to do this than than we have we have ever uh, recognized to this point. Now, um, I think that uh, I don't really know how God's going to do this in our prayer times and how we're going to coordinate with our network here in North America and with the other uh, continents. I, I don't really know yet. I just know that we've got to pray about how to release this and how to identify the, the season residue or the remnant and how to glean uh, what the Spirit is saying specifically, and and how to proclaim it, how to do it prophetically. But I do know that there's an enhanced measure of this. Let's keep moving. Isaiah twenty-one five and six. Prepare the table. Watch, Sapa, in the watch tower. Eat, drink, arise, you princes. Anoint the shield, for the Lord has said to me, Go, set a watchman. Let him declare what he sees. This is battle terminology. I think we've been being prepared. I think we've been eating and we've been, we've been being supplied. And God has been fellowshipping with us in the midst of our, our development and promotion in this watchman type of a gift. And I think God's saying to us, which he said many years ago, anoint the shield, and be ready to declare what God would say to us as watchmen. That's an interesting term. Only two more passages and we're done. This is a good one. Uh, Isaiah 52, 7 and 8. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings. Somebody that publishes the shalom of the Lord, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation that says unto Zion, thy God reigns. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when Yahweh shall bring again the development of Zion or the development of that twisted, dry place. Think about that, see eye to eye. Well, all these places where God is taking us, upon the mountains, as it were. How beautiful on the mountains. Um, Can you imagine what God's going to do by next year at this time where these things by the direction of the Spirit are established and we're able to a greater degree to see eye to eye uh, with those who are established on mountains around the world, the residue, the remnant, and, and how God is going to redeem Zion in that way. How beautiful is that? You know, see, God has allowed us to be going and spreading the good tidings, the, the tidings of the tobe and the publication of, of his ways. But I think now, as God is reigning, the next dimension is something that we've not seen to the degree that God's going to do it seeing eye to eye with those on mountains, high places, directed by the Most High God around the world. Remember, again, I'm not going to go back and reteach this, but remember when Melchizedek, who was one of these people, who was stationed in, the, in Jerusalem, came to Abraham and he said, you are operating, Abram, in the jealousy of God. You are a friend of the Most High. That's this kind of connection from the high places. And um, I I declare over the 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 outposts throughout the world that God has already established, but those that are also going to be established. And I declare promotion, and I declare this eye to eye anointing that is beyond what we've known. Um, That is that is an exceptional verse. Well, all these are, and the last one says this, Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3. Give ear to my words, O Jehovah. Consider my meditation. There's what I threatened to say say earlier. This is the term for either murmur or divinely inspired communication amusing before God. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I palal. This is the kind of prayer that is always aligned with supplication. It's the kind of prayer that God said he wanted at the dedication of the temple. We've studied voluminously voluminously, uh, this term over the past couple of years. My voice shall you hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will declare my prayer unto thee and will look up. I will declare this type of order, an array, as I step into that measure of the watchman that you want me to be. It's very interesting. You can juxtapose Psalm 5.1 onto Habakkuk 2, and you'll see the same characteristics there. And I think uh, so many of these things you've already been doing, so many of these things we've tried to glean as interpreters, we've tried to to hear and we've tried to apply them. I'm not saying that those are some, well, duh, haven't we been doing this? Well, it's because, duh, we've been doing it that God can put a precept upon that precept, that God can promote your faithfulness, small things, I'm taking you into a new dimension. And so I speak that over us and I thank the Father for this and I, I thank uh, that word, so many prophetic words, but I'm just touching on the one that came from Springfield, from our dear brother that God has positioned there, from a position of great authority in that movement. I'm thankful that the Spirit of the Lord sent to us that proclamation about an expansion of the mantle, and I'm grateful for that. I receive that and I proclaim that. So God's been doing a lot of wonderful things. Don't. Um, don't miss them. You know, it might be good for us to compare spiritual things with spiritual. Look at the things God's been saying over the past month, particularly. See each word and see the way the Father has been drawing us together. But, but this business of a watchman um, and, the, and the heightened measure of how it goes head to head as the eyes of our heavenly watchman, are seeing the tobe and the ra, and he's, God is positioning his people to be those ones whose feet beautiful on the mountains, speaking that tobe, uh, establishing that directive from our Father, our, our great watchman, and then to be able to see eye to eye with them and to publish the, the things that God is doing. You know, one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. What is it going to be like in the high places around the world as these ones that God has been calling are all moving together and we see eye to eye in the eyes of the Spirit? How wonderful is that? So this is, this isn't some, even though if it was the Word of God, it would still be potent, but it's not one little scripture that you're yanking out, topic, uh, out of it and taking it out of context and trying to build a doctrine through it. This is everywhere. This is, this is what Jesus said we're to do. This is, this is what Isaiah said. This is what God does. This is what the enemy tried to negotiate with Jesus to, to interrupt. I mean, this is what you are called to do in a way beyond any of us I dare say none of us imagined that God would be wanting to do this through us when we were just little kids or when we first sang that chorus. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them. Remember that song? Who bring good news? Nathan, come up here. Sing it with me. Good news. (laughs) (laughs) announcing peace. You know, maybe when you sang that, maybe you had this all figured out. Oh yeah, that I knew that. I knew that last week. Did you hear me proclaim it? You just weren't listening to me. Well, you know, this is what God's saying today. And as much as that's the beauty of the word of God, no matter how many deep things God shows you, his living word will breathe something you've never seen before. And it won't contradict what he's already said. Only God could do that. Only God, the divine author, could do that. But he's sharing this as a measure of instruction, as a measure of promotion, and as a measure of empowerment to each of you. And so I thank you, Father, for this. I thank you for all that you've been doing here I thank you for the way you've ministered your power and your love already today in so many ways. I thank you for this, Father. And Lord, we we conclude this brief time together this morning by thanking you for this scripture. And we pray that we will glean this and understand it and apply it in a way beyond what we've done, but in a way that is commensurate with what you have ordained for us to know. We don't want to go beyond you. We want to only be where you are and what you're saying in your timing, not to the left or to the right, but right in the center of where you want us to be. And I speak blessing over each one of your people. I speak blessing over all of our saints' family no matter what nation or city you're joining us in today, we speak blessing to you, and we release that and declare that in Jesus' name. But I speak blessing to those who are gathered here in person today. As we leave this place, Father, let us be aware that we're leaving whole. (laughs) The bells of heaven are ringing. Uh, We're leaving whole and healed, and encouraged. And we thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, Winford, anything else you want to say before we go? (laughs) All right. God bless you all. We'll see you soon.